What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Shore, and this is Too Much To Say. But don't go asking questions that you don't want answers to. I've got too much to say, and I'll tell it all to you, yeah. Okay, hey guys, um... This week has been really fun. On Monday, we celebrated the Songs of Jets eight-year anniversary at the listening room. It was sold out. It was amazing. I'm sure some of you were there. Some of you tuned in on YouTube. Thank you so much. Um, we had Kelsey Ballerini as a special guest, and she played two songs and did a really, really cool Q&A with Nicole Gallion, who's an incredible songwriter in Nashville. And it was so inspiring. And um, I was very proud of myself because while Kelsey was doing her interview I texted her and I was like we need to talk about this later but I think you're in Enneagram 9 right tell me I'm right and she got off stage and was like how did you know and I'm like I just know so there's no better feeling than correctly guessing someone's Enneagram type and um it was so good to see her so good to catch up the the night was so fun we covered ABCDEFU by Gail, who's another song suffragette. So it was just like a very great night celebrating the success of all these women who've gone and played on that stage. So I've been traveling again and it feels really good. Definitely still have to wear masks on planes and all of that, obviously. Um, but things are feeling pretty normal when I travel. So it's, it's really nice to go see places. And like, I just got to take my um, boyfriend, Sam, back to my hometown. Um, and we went to a couple of places that we'd gone only like during the summer of 2021 and they were only like partially open or like it was only outside. You couldn't go in and like there was only to go to go orders or whatever. So we got to like actually do some Portland things. So it felt good to be back and like just feel a little bit of normalcy. So because of that, I wanted to do an episode on my favorite cities and I have a lot of favorite cities, but I picked the main ones that I've been to like, you know, five or six times and, um, yeah, they all have something special to me and I'm doing this in no particular order because I ha could not, could not pick if I tried. Um, so starting first, uh, Washington DC, I love Washington DC. I started going there when I was probably like 10 or 11. My sister lived there. She still lives there outside of, um, DC in Virginia. So we get to do DC stuff whenever I'm visiting her and, it's just such a cool city. I love the museums. The Smithsonian is the absolute shit. It's free. I love the um, Natural History Museum, but it was closed when I was there last time. So I went to the American History Museum and it's just like, oh, I love it. My favorite thing about museums like that is the little, um, like they have this house in the American History Museum and it's an actual house that was built in like the 1700s that they like picked up and put in there and then they have that at the the met in new york they have the um they have an actual temple from egypt that they put in 
the museum. So that's like my favorite museum thing is when there's just like a random building inside the building and it kind of makes you feel like you're outside. It's just very cool. So I love the museums in DC. I love shopping in Georgetown. I mean, it's one of my favorite little streets to walk down and it's just, there's so much shopping. There's so much shopping and growing up in Maine, like we have like one mall, like one and a half malls in the state. So when I would go visit my sister in DC, I'd be like losing my mind because I'm like, Oh my God, is that an H and M? She's like, yeah, (laughs) like we don't have one of those. So there's this great place that, um, moving on to bars, there's this great place in DC called the old round Robin bar. And there's so much history to this. It's, um, that's, there's so much political history to DC, which is really cool. Cause you can just feel all these ghosts of all these former presidents. But, um, the round Robin bar is in a hotel, like an old, old school hotel. And it's so beautiful. It's a, it's a round bar and it's mahogany and just like feels like such a throwback. Like you go in and you're like, oh, like just feel so poetic and Walt Whitman wrote about it in a letter and there's all these different um, things that have happened there. But there was a Kentucky Senator named Henry Clay back in the day who introduced Washington to the mint julep, which is a very famous like Derby Kentucky cocktail. It's, it's mint as one can imagine. Um, but it ended up becoming the round robin signature cocktail just because the senator like was like, Hey, can you make me this drink? This is how you make it. And then everybody started ordering it. So to this day, they still make like a really great can, uh, mint, ju- mint julep. Um, and then in 1862, Walt Whitman immortalized it in his poetic appeal to the union troops. I'm reading this. If you can't tell, um, he said, there you are soldier straps, but where are your companies? Where are our men speak blow, put on airs in Willard's sumptuous bar or anywhere. No explanation will save you. And, and the last line's ironic because I really need an explanation. I'm not sure what that means, but, uh, the round Robin is in the Willard hotel. So and then this one's hilarious. In 1904, as the hatchet-toting prohibitionist Carrie Nation raged against drink, a sign in the round robin bar went up that said, all nations welcome except Carrie. <laughs> and then um, upon hearing from a waiter that the Willard Hotel was closing, the board of governors of the National Press Club raced across the street to their favorite bar, the round robin, and drank until the hotel doors closed. <laughs> And then it got reopened, but, um, yeah, it's very, very cool and just a really beautiful bar. They made a really great dirty martini. Whenever I go to like an old school bar like that, I need a martini because you know, I just trust him implicitly. I'm like, you look like, you know what you're doing, but my favorite, favorite bar in DC that is just so fucking cool. It's called Martin's Tavern and it's a Georgetown staple. It's on the corner. I went in one time in January. I really, I distinctly remember this day, but, um, it's also got like these mahogany vibes, but it feels a lot more homey. I wouldn't necessarily call it a dive bar at all, but it definitely feels local. There's nothing about it that feels contrived or corporate or overly manufactured. It's just cozy. But the coolest part of it is that's actually where, um, JFK proposed to Jackie O. So booth number three is called the proposal booth and like other people have done their proposals there too, but it's, it's where he asked her to marry him, which is very, very cool. Um, 
So it's been in Georgetown for almost 100 years. For four generations, the Martin family has served every president from Harry S. Truman to George W. Bush, many of Washington's most prominent movers and shakers, and scores of Hollywood stars, Hall of Famers, and Broadway legends. They survived the Great Depression, World War II, the Korean War, Camelot, and the Great Society, Vietnam and Watergate, the Cold War, the Gulf War, the Great Recession, and they're still going strong today. So clearly this hasn't been updated since COVID because, um, yeah, it's it's survived. But so I went there. My sister got married in uh, 2016, and it was the weekend that my first ever single, Fight Like a Girl, came out. And I was walking in Georgetown and saw this little barn. I was like, I have to go in. This like has my name written all over it. And we went in. I'm talking to the bartender, making friends. Fight Like a Girl had literally come out that day. And I was telling the bartender that because they were like, oh, what do you do? Whatever. And then they played it in the bar and a bunch of people bought it on iTunes. And like, it was just all these like old people who lived in Washington and just were super cool and so nice. And like, that was the like first memory I have of Fight Like a Girl. It was very special. And I love that. I love DC. And I love that my sister still lives there and I get to go back all the time. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with some more of my favorite cities. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So I'm pretty sure I like died in Seattle in my last life or something. It has such just like crazy energy to me and it feels so special. Obviously, I love the Seattle grunge scene. Like Pearl Jam and Nirvana were two of the most important bands to me growing up. They still are. I have a Nirvana tattoo and um, I just I loved that music. I, I would do anything to go back and experience like a whole concert. Um I wonder if Courtney Love will ever do a reunion with Hole. That'd be very cool. But um, yeah, I just, I love, love Seattle. And the first time I really went, I was by myself. So I have a friend named Andy Case who I write with and she has a place that's a little north of Seattle. And I flew in to write with her for her project at her house there. And then I had a little bit of time before I had to be a show, be to a show in Arizona. And so I took the, um, like the day or two in between. And I was like, you know what? I have to go through here anyways. I'm just going to go to Seattle for a couple of days by myself and just like see what happens. And if you do that, I love traveling alone, whether you're a guy or girl or anything in between, highly recommend a taser and a, um, some pepper spray because traveling alone definitely gets a little spooky. But um, there's some great, great places there. I'm obviously like, I'm a big fan of seafood coming from Maine, but I'm obviously a seafood snob because of that. And Seattle has really, really great oysters. I love Pacific Northwest oysters. And my favorite place I've had them in Seattle is Elliot's Oyster House. 
so freaking good. I went with my whole band to celebrate when I was on the all-time low tour, and we had like three days off, and it all happened to like line up with us being in Seattle, which was pretty cool. So I love, love um, Elliot's Oyster House. We had so much fun there. We were like, let's just like eat McDonald's for the next week so that we can afford to go to this super bougie restaurant tonight. Um, my other favorite restaurant there is uh, Toulouse Petite. And it's like this uh, Creole French restaurant. And my bass player um, is from France. He actually moved here from there. Eight. He was born in Nashville, lived in France till his late 20s or early 20s, mid 20s. And um, he's been in uh, the US for eight years, but he definitely misses French food. And it's hard to find good French food that's not just like trying to be douchey, like it's very authentic. Um, And so we went there and we all lost our minds. Like the food was so good. Like we were like emotional. That's how good it was. And I'm like, I hate the word foodie, but I really am a foodie. I love fucking food so much. I mean, I fucking love food. Oh my God. <clears throat> misplaced modifier there um <laughs> anywho so i love that restaurant it has so many like great brunch cocktails it's just such a vibe it's been open forever they have like these giant ornate curtains and you're just in there and you feel like i don't know there's just restaurants that are just so restauranty. i know that's not going to make any sense but it just it's like feels like a restaurant And if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. If you don't, I understand I sound crazy, but it's just like, there's so many places that feel like, you know, they're trying to be really hip and they have like a theme and all of this stuff. And then there's restaurants that are just restaurant themed and Tulu Petite is one of those. One of my favorite shops there is called the New York Exchange. They have a bunch of like goth clothes and like the most amazing platform shoes. I get a lot of my clothes there. Um, I stock up when I go through Seattle and they also um, sell things online as well. But I love that place. I've gotten so many cool pieces there that I've worn um, at shows and all that. But that's one of my favorite stores. And then my favorite bar in Seattle is called Montana Bar. And it is like, it's so perfect. It's over near the college and um, it's definitely divey. They have cocktails on tap, which is really funny. So you can just like, you know, a spout of Jack and Coke or whatever's in there. Um, but they have like writing all over the walls, all over the tables. I mean, you could just like go crazy with a Sharpie if you wanted to. And it's just, it's got red lights. It kind of reminds me of red door in Nashville, which is one of my favorite bars here, but it's just such a good vibe. And I went there by myself and I remember just journaling and, um, the, this particular night, like I started at Smith tower on the rooftop, which is so beautiful, but there's all these really cool historic things you can see that are like industrial revolution age. Um, when you go up to the tower, but I had like a cheese plate by myself. I looked out on the, you know, over the water and the Ferris wheel and all this stuff. And then you can see the space needle. And, um, so I went there and had like a bougie cocktail and like read a book. And then I went to Montana bar and journal by myself and just, it's I feel so mysterious when I do it you know like I love going to restaurants by myself because I'm like I probably seem so much more interesting than I am right now just like sitting here like reading a novel <laughs> like, in those situations it's no longer a book it is a novel you're reading a novel alone in a bar at night mysteriously it's like the perfect kind of suspicious you know um and then one of my favorite stories of something that happened in Seattle when I was with my band. I'm not going to say the name of the bar because it really should not have happened. But there's this whiskey um, 
called Tornado Survivor, and it is a super, super rare whiskey. Um, it's basically, there was, as you can imagine, there was a tornado. It's um, E.H. Taylor, and the warehouse got ruined by, um, the, by a tornado. Duh, Kaylee. Um, but there, it's so rare and hard to find because there were only so many bottles that they were able to save from these barrels. And um, so they, they have these barrels, but they were weathered because of the tornado. And so apparently it did something different to the whiskey. And this whiskey is twelve between twelve and $15,000 a bottle, which is insane to think about. There's one that's... Yeah, there's one that's like up to like 16,000, but it's just crazy. Um, but so they had it behind the bar and my boyfriend Sam is like a huge whiskey person. He loves bourbon, whiskey, all of that. He's from Kentucky and he immediately knew that this was like a really big deal whiskey to have. But people probably don't order it that often because I think like a single pour, like a one ounce or two ounce pour would be like $300. And so just for fun, Sam was like, oh, like how much are your, your pours of that E.H. Taylor? And the guy clearly at this bar was new and he was like, oh, um, let me check. And so he goes in the system and he just checks regular E.H. Taylor and does not select like a special one because honestly, maybe it wasn't even in the system. And he just like pours two for Sam and um, it was like $30. Like he charged him like $15 each instead of 300 each. So he got $600 worth of whiskey for 30 bucks. He comes to the table. He's whispering to me in the band and he's like, guys, we got to drink these really fast to get out of here. Something bad just happened. And we're like, what the fuck just happened? And he was like feeling so guilty. He's like, they're going to, they're going to kick us out. We're going to get in trouble. I'm like, babe, it's not your fault that they charged you wrong. But so we're like kind of all seeming shady because we're looking over at the bar and we're like, oh no, they're going to notice. Um, and then we just see the like bar manager go over to that bartender and like talk to him. And then we just see them grab the bottle down from the top shelf and just like bring it out back they're like we're not even gonna do this which was really funny but it was really good I would have never paid $300 for it but it was a really good glass of whiskey and I just freaking love Seattle I love the bookstores there you can just walk and there's so I mean the coffee is amazing but those are my favorite places in Seattle we'll bring it back snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Okay, I'm going to try to get through these last three cities pretty quickly, but 
I love New Orleans. New Orleans is abso- like absolutely on my list. Um, I know it's just touristy. It's in the French Quarter, but I love Marie Laveau's witchy store. There's a lot of different like witch shops, and there's like um, they're definitely like have some touristy vibes. But the thing about Marie Laveau's is it actually is in her childhood home. Marie Laveau was like the voodoo queen of New Orleans. She was a freed black woman who just did practice voodoo and was just really, really badass, just a huge badass. And they have the Marie Laveau museum, which is really cool too. Um, I love this restaurant called copper vine. It's so good. They make this really great, like basil martini situation and just the foods there is great. It's, it's cool. It's got like a good vibe in there. There's lots of greenery and plants. Um, but the inside isn't like, it's just a nice space, but the food is so freaking good. And then um, my favorite bar in New Orleans is Lafitte's Blacksmith Bar, which is ancient. I mean, it is like literally an ancient bar. It's so old. I think it's got to be like from like the 1700s or something. But I am such a sucker for like old bars. And um, this one, it just has so much character and history. And they have some really, really crazy cocktails. Um, Okay, I just double checked. And... uh, the place was built in 1814. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. So, um, and it just like, it looks like a black shop. Oh, never mind. I just, just kidding. I totally read that wrong. Uh, it was built between 1722 and 1732. But the 1800s are when, um, Mr. Lafitte took it over, but it's just got a good vibe and you can get it like mudslides and just like, just them. They will fuck you up. New Orleans knows how to fuck you up. And I did not realize exactly how much alcohol was in a hand grenade because, you know, it comes in this long skinny thing. And so it doesn't seem like it's that much because it's so skinny. And then you're like, it tastes like, I don't know what the sorcery is between, between like hand grenades and Long Island iced teas, but it's like you put every alcohol together and all of a sudden it cancels out all the alcohol and you can't taste it. And there's no like official recipe for a hand grenade. Only a couple places in um, New Orleans are like allowed to sell them and they're crazy. I think that the one thing like it's literally like it has like ever clear like straight grain alcohol in it. It has rum, it has vodka, it has gin. Um, and then there's Midori, which is like a melon liqueur. And I think that's the only thing in it that flavors it. But again, they won't tell you the recipe, but it tastes so sweet. Not like overly sugary, but it's like, it's so good. And it's like, they all come together to like gaslight you and make you think you're not going to get drunk. But then you like have it and you realize that you just drank one drink. That's the equivalent of five. And so it is like an immediate, like it's an immediate, I know I'm going to be hungover. I already had a hand grenade. So I love those in New Orleans. And, um, one of my favorite memories in New Orleans is I was with Sam, my boyfriend, and we, (laughs) There was a, his family had asked us to meet them there. They were there for someone's birthday and, um, we were just coming to hang out, but they had a big dinner reservation for this birthday, but we, they weren't going to be able to squeeze me and Sam in cause we were like last minute. So him and I went off and did our own thing and we went to dinner. We went to some bars. We had fun. We're all dressed up. Like I'm wearing like a blazer and these cute dress pants. Sam's in a suit and, um, we were walking back and I think we went to a strip club that was like it was during COVID. And so like, it was just, we, it was a like strip clubs are already kind of a weird vibe. 
like depending on where you are. But the COVID aspect of it was also really weird because he like couldn't interact with them at all. <laughs> but so we like we did that we're walking back to the hotel we're like tipsy it was really funny we made some friends on the way back and then sam sees this like gate that's slightly ajar and then this pool and it looked like it was a hotel like it was like one of those really cool courtyards that they have in the middle of of buildings in new orleans and we just like walked into the pool like did not jump in we just walked in like fully clothed and this woman starts yelling off her balcony she's like you know that this is a private residence right and I was like, well, I mean, why are there so many of them if it's a private residence? And I was just like mouthing off being an asshole. And she's like, well, more than one person lives here. And I'm like, well, maybe I live here. And then we just ran off laughing. But um, we were literally walking down the street in New Orleans in the French Quarter, just drenched in our like suits, like our nice outfits. And it was it was a, a very fun. And we got a picture of it, too. So that's one of my favorite pictures of me and Sam. Okay, so I would be um, remiss to not give a shout out to Portland, my hometown, and I could do an entire episode on Portland, so I'm going to try to keep this one super short, but my favorite restaurant there, I went for the first time uh, a couple weeks ago, it's called Scales, and it's amazing. I had such good seafood there. The oysters are awesome. The vibe, it like feels like you're in like an old fish shack, but it's like bougie. Um, I love it. I love it. And they had, like, a great wine menu, and, like, the food was so great. But um, my favorite, like, dive bar in Portland is called Rosie's, and it's over on these, like, cobblestone streets that um, they call them wobblestones because, like, the drunk girls in their high heels, like, can't walk on them straight. But Rosie's is great. They normally have popcorn, but I think they're still, like, kind of easing into that from COVID because it's just you go and you stick your hand in this popcorn and just eat it. But they always have, like, a $1... Um, beer special and like a $2 shot special. So it's like, it's about as dangerous as a hand grenade. Um, and then there's another bar called Sagamore Hill that I love. It's, um, actually my grandpa used to live in this really cool historical building and they changed it from an apartment building to this. So it's in the lobby of my grandpa's old building, which just like has this really cool, like regal old school urban vibe to it. And, uh, so Sagamore Hill, the bar though, is like almost entirely like it's, it's political themed, which I love. Um, but it's named after, um, a president's like vacation home and the drinks are hilarious because they all have a, it's Teddy Roosevelt's vacation home. Yes. Um, so they have like the Dr. Fauci and then they have the first lady, um, they have the uh, fuck you mayor Dow, which is uh, has to be the mayor of Portland who like was one of the leaders of prohibition. Clearly, these bars like have their opinions on <laughs> prohibition. Um, they have one called midterm elections, and then they had one that was super funny, and I don't think it's there anymore. But it was like um, called Hillary's emails, and it didn't exist. So, like, you'd be like, oh, I'll have a Hillary's emails, and they just, like, hand you, an like, air, which I thought was pretty funny. So, <laughs> But I love that place. Um, and, yeah, Portland, I could do a whole episode. So that's my, like, quick summary of Portland. But last but certainly not least, um, 
Los Angeles. I'm actually moving there in June. Don't think I've told you guys that yet. Um, I'm going to keep a place here with roommates in Nashville because I'm going to be back and forth so much. But there are things I need to do in Los Angeles and I need to explore that. And I'm very excited. But there's so many things I love about it. Okay. I'm going to try to do this quickly too because I have so many um, okay, first of all, my favorite shop is House of Intuition. There's several different locations in Lake Santa Monica and Melrose. There's one um, in uh, Silver Lake, and it's just a really cool, like, witchy shop. They have astrological candles and tarot cards and these little theme birthday boxes where it has all these things to set intentions for your year. I get their intention candles, so you, like, light them set an intention, leave them burning in a bowl of water until they burn out. And then there's crystals at the bottom that are like charged with your intention. Love that place. Um, I love the fruit carts that are on every single fucking street corner. And it's like, you can just make such a fun relationship with your neighborhood fruit cart person. Cause they're just always there. And then like, it's just the cutest, but you can just like get mango with a ton of chamoy on it and tahini, And it's like just spicy mango. But the trick is to dump a thing of tequila in there and just let it infuse and then like use that for shots. Cause then it tastes like mango tahini, tequila shots. It's very good. Um, I love this restaurant called Mrs. Fish. That's downtown. If you feel like venturing to downtown LA, um, and it's like basically in an aquarium. And when you walk in, you look up at the ceiling and it's all fish and it's a, a sushi restaurant. It's very cool. My favorite clothing store is Wasteland. It's a, um, but the Wasteland on Melrose, that's very important. The other Wastelands I do not find to be as good, but it's like the best secondhand store. It's not like you get deals, but they definitely aren't cheap because you're getting really cool, like vintage um, designer stuff. But it's just it's some of my favorite. Some of my favorite clothes I own come from there. Um, And then my favorite bar. okay, there's a block of bars in Hollywood and it's like no vacancy, dirty laundry, Madame Siam, Black Rabbit Rose. And then I think there's one more that I'm forgetting, but um it's just a very cool like building that has all these old bars in it. And it's just so like old Hollywood, but no vacancy is like a speakeasy. So you walk in through the back and you go up these stairs and then you go through this room and there's a woman there dressed like it's a, I don't know, like a, like an old Western movie saloon whorehouse kind of situation. And she explains to you like that, you know, like, um, you can't take any pictures when you're in there. And then like tells you like, just like a, like a, I don't know. It's very, it's all very dramatic and theatrical. And then she's on this bed and the bed just like flips over with her on it. No idea where she goes. And it opens to these like stairs that you go down. But like, I, I want to know so much about this woman. I want to know about the job description. And I also want to know if they're hiring. And right next to no vacancy, you have this place called black rabbit rose and it's so cool. They do like magic show stuff there, but my favorite things to do are, um, I have two friends named Jacob Latrell and Dave Yaden, and they're two of the most talented musicians I've ever seen in my life. And they do shows there. So if you're ever in LA and have a chance to check them out, they do Mondays and Fridays, but also some other nights and they rotate, but it's like the coolest. I mean, they've had so many different musicians, like come up and play like John Mayer literally asked if he could come up and play with them like that's how good they are and it's like you know jazz and blues and all these different like it's just a jam and uh it was the first uh seeing them play together that was the first show I saw when um shows were like you're able to do that again like that was my first like COVID like 
post COVID show and it was perfect. It was so amazing. So I love that place. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Let me know if you check any of these places out. I'm sure some of you guys are from these cities, but those are my favorite spots. And now I'm hungry and I want to go teleport to all these places, but, um, I'll be there soon enough. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Kayla Shore and this is too much to say. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.